1: Hey, Dom, Mm. did you know that more than 50 million men in the US
2: suffer from male pattern baldness? Is that right? I did not know that. That's a lot. I also know that there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both. Keeps has a network
1: of expert medical advisors prescribers, and care specialists to support you in making your hair goals a reality. They offer 24-7 care and support.
2: Now, you and I seem to be okay with where our hair is going slightly south, but there might come a point where I think, oh, I'm going to change it, and if I'm going to change it, I will go to Keeps. Keeps is the way to go, Dom. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair
1: loss, go to keeps.com slash onion to receive your first... Months of treatment for free. That's k e e p s dot com slash onion to get your first month free. k e e p s dot com slash onion. Harmonize with me and hold me tight
2: all through the night. You're shining bright. I'm your oyster, baby. You're my pearl. William, we have returned. Yes, we have. Another week has gone by. Any stories from the front? Nothing.
1: Nothing has happened this week of any consequence.
2: I have been scubaing. Scubay diving? Scoob. I think the correct term for it is scuba-ish scuba-ishing? Scoob scubarishing. S- scu- scuba. I've been under the water with breathing apparatus. How was that? It was fantastic. Do you know what scuba stands for? Yes. Just safety and a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, it was brilliant. I went to Catalina Island. Never been. You would love it, I'd love to go. One of the sharkiest of places in California, no sharks, unfortunately, although every time people go, oh, you're not scared about sharks? Most scuba divers, best part of their entire trip is seeing a shark, being yeah. around sharks, it's yeah. a strange thing. But you would love Catalina Island, Catalina Island. I'd love um, to go. It's quiet in the daytime, obviously a lot mm-hmm. of kind of uh, tourists and, and people go in scuba diving, but then in the evening, everyone has to leave at, you know, kind of five, six o'clock and it becomes a lovely sleepy town and because it's a kind of protected area no more building no more houses are being able to be built on the island so there's only a finite amount of people there it's a
1: lovely kind of vibe and would you recommend scuba diving to people who haven't tried it
2: yeah it's great it's a really fun kind of calming meditative experience i think people can sometimes get a little freaked out that they're under the water but as soon as you kind of come to terms with the fact that you have to take these big deep inhalations just like that in and out it becomes quite calming you and i learned to do it in new zealand it is quite a calm experience isn't it we did we had we had a week
1: or something off filming didn't we from the lord of the rings, lord of the rings. and uh we
2: said let's go and learn how to scuba dive do you remember the name of our instructor thomas i remember his name go ben iowa well done yeah kind of a big yeah he was a big lad I remember that big muscly guy great teacher yeah and one of our favourite times that we had with him we went out and everyone had caught a whole bunch of crayfish remember we went in and went over to someone's house and they all cooked up a bunch of crayfish that's right and you had to catch them by hand
1: you weren't allowed to use any equipment and you also weren't allowed to use scuba we had to actually um, uh, snorkel snorkel at that point Mm. because you can't use snuba snuba (laughs) yeah scuba to catch remember yeah I do so uh, there's all sorts of rules about it, but it was, uh, yeah, that was really, that was a fun, what a lovely memory, I was getting
2: crayfish, just so you guys know, crayfish are extremely prevalent off the coast of New Zealand. There's a lot of them, so it's encouraged to catch them because- During almost, certain months. Almost a plague of <gasps> crayfish, isn't it? Hey, this is the second part of our interview with our fantastic Lotra expert. Mm, the Lord Tolkien the professor. Yes. Lovely Corey, and the stuff that he doesn't know about Lord of the Rings is not worth knowing about. It is
1: very in-depth. Would you describe him as learned? I would, actually. Mm-hmm. Tremendous knowledge.
2: Yeah, this would be a great part, too. But before we do that, should we just answer one question from all the lovely people that are sending us emails? Because we have a backlog now. Go on, dump. Oh, emails and real mails. as tigers, slow as snails. So many people asking us questions. So here, we'll get to one here from... Megan and Daniel in Virginia. Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. They said, "My oh, on your on your hand." Yes, you 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 said that as if you might actually know where Virginia is. Well, my friend Carrie is from
1: West West Virginia. West Virginia. I wonder, do all country roads lead to Virginia? I think so. Yeah, Dom. Hmm. Is America Florida New York Yeah LA Yeah Where is Virginia Mountain Mama? Just
2: give us a clue Point out the Mississippi uh, No ah, That's too much it. of a clue Go on, have would, a go Have a go Okay I'm going to say On the little On the, on the uh, swollen indentation Near the bottom of your index finger Here mm. I'm going to let Johnny Clue see that Virginia as I no, Tom. It's a, it's a hard no. Way I was way off. He said, "Way off." Well, we'll never know. <sighs> we'll never know. One day, I'm gonna
1: get my hand tattooed on my chest with all the all the the states on it. Brilliant. And then I can just show you anytime. Ah, oh, I'd love that. And
2: then when people write in and say I'm from South Carolina, what? There it is. Yep. Yeah, my belly button. Anyway, Megan and Daniel from Virginia said. My boyfriend and I, this must be from uh, Megan. My boyfriend and I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you. My question is, my boyfriend and I are moving out on our own in a few months. Oh. I was wondering if you have any advice as to how to adjust to adult life oh. or how you truly discovered yourselves. I just I just kind of stumbled upon myself, really. I mean, where were you when you found yourself? Were you just in can bed? I be, can I be honest? <laughs> I was in the shower. I was, like, <laughs> really? I was in a hot shower. And I went, oh, there I am. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's been all gravy from there on in. I don't think I've ever grew up. I don't think I've found adults. Like like, like a modern-day Peter Pan.
1: But don't you feel like you never really grow up? I don't know if everyone feels like that. You know, when I see someone in a suit and tie and getting into a Maserati... Are you kidding? You're like, have they really grown up? Mm. Because I, I still feel like, you know the guy that was going to college I don't feel any different but Did you have to do grown up stuff occasionally don't yeah, you? Yeah because
2: you're a father of course you have responsibilities as a husband and a dad do you feel like possibly as people working in the artistic field that we are in a position to not grow up as much as other people?
1: Because if you do something on stage it's called a play. Right. You play Dom.
2: Play. It's play. You're playing. That's all it is. Dressing up you got a costume on maybe a moustache. <laughs> you can have a moustache are you having a moustache yeah because we can both have the moustache oh could I have one I look great in a moustache as you can see I'll have a limp then okay have a limp yeah put a coin in your shoe maybe something like that I might do yeah
1: but it's just play isn't it Dom so I think yeah don't grow up just have fun and here's my advice my little piece of advice go on dance every day yeah even if you're not good at dancing have a little dance to yourself in the kitchen
2: I love to have a dance dance until your feet hurt yeah Act until you, John, hurt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I sat with John
1: Hurt once. Did you really? Were you not there?
2: No, I would. I would have stuck in my mind. I was I at an him.
1: award ceremony, and he was getting an award. Lifetime and, achievement. Yeah. And while we sat at the table and were having drinks and something, to eat, he got his napkin out and he wrote his speech while we were while we were having the start.
2: Wow. I did lean over and say, "How do you spell your name, Billy?" <laughs> I wish he didn't. Yeah, he's brilliant, John Hurt.
1: Brilliant.
2: Thank the you. elephant man. Yeah,
1: he was, yeah. <laughs> I am a human being.
2: <laughs> you would have been brilliant. I would, actually, wouldn't I? Would you have had a moustache? Would you see it underneath the trunk? Definitely a limp, then. Mm. Not a real elephant, is he? No, he was never an elephant. It's a condition called elephantitis. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they grow a trunk, but it's not essential. No, it's not essential. But they have long, kind of growths Grosses. around a the terrible body
1: thing, a terrible hopefully we'll get rid of that I don't know if we have you would
2: think nowadays there would be surgery for it but back then the only surgery would be we'll just cut that piece off and then they'd be dead here's a question how
1: do you tell an Indian
2: elephant from an African elephant ah yeah an African elephant is much bigger and also has way larger ears well done and an African elephant's ears look like the continent of Africa and an Indian elephant's ears look like India the country of India just like my hand looks like America yeah Con- condition done. Can you name the real name yeah. of the Elephant Man? Oh, God. Come oh, on, on. Oh, you're putting me in a spot here, John. Shall I give you his initials? Peter Piper. It's not Peter Piper. Isn't it? Shall I give you his initials? Yeah, go on. J.M. J- oh. J- uh, J- John. Yeah, John, you're halfway there.
1: Merrick ah! ah! Tremendous knowledge Fantastic tremendous Talking knowledge Talking about bills. tremendous knowledge Let's, Let's bring it. our guest on Here we go Corey
2: Do you have a question really? Well
1: we started right at Eight year old Corey reading the books I'm going right to the end now Tom mm. To his Where, death No Oh sorry Corey <laughs> To the death of the ring Ah What? Yeah So we, we all know the ring gets thrown into the The, the fiery Or or a druid Spoiler alert! No, sorry. And but what what actually happens when the ring is destroyed? We're all going to destroy the ring, but why does that destroy Sauron? What what is actually happening? Yeah. So Sauron, it this is it.
0: It's a hard thing to explain because okay. it's really kind of an abstract idea. Um, I love it. But Sauron put. Uh, a, a big part of himself. So remember, Sauron's a spiritual being, right? right? He can manifest a body, and he's bound to a body. So, like, he, his body can actually be killed. Like, that's that's actually what happened um, in the book when Sauron is killed by Isildur and Elendil and, and Elrond and Gilgalad at the Battle of the, the Last Alliance. Uh-huh. Way at the you know at the beginning um, in the book, Sauron is actually like he's killed. He's Isildur done. takes the like. They, they kill sauron and loot his corpse basically right. is is how they get the ring the first time mm-hmm. um his body is able to be killed but he's a spiritual being like that's an inconvenience for him okay um but it's not a huge deal right but the ring makes it a much different situation he so he in essence sauron is a is a spirit is, is a purely spiritual being yeah he put a huge ch- he bound a huge chunk of his spirit into the ring Right. This was what he had to do in order to... um. So like that was like the culmination of his ring of power plan, right? Okay. I'm going to take all of the leaders of Middle-earth, right? And I'm going to get them connected to their own rings of power, which will enhance their power and be pretty cool, right? Yeah. But these were all people, even the humans, who were pretty powerful people o- on their own, especially the elves. Celebrimbor, Gilgalad, Galadriel, they were big deals, right? Yep. Yeah. So... um. In order for me, so his whole plan—the whole plan of the Rings of Power—was I'm going to get them all to to make their own Rings of Power, convince you know for their to achieve their own to think they're going to achieve their own ends, and then I'm going to make my one ring, and my one ring will be able to 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 exert power because I'm going to like a uh, you know it's like he he embedded a, a like a virus or something uh-huh. in the other rings, like right. he knew how they were made, right? So I'm going to make my ring. Which is gonna like sync with theirs, and I'm gonna overpower them. All. I'm gonna make them all my slaves. I love right. It. He yeah. couldn't have done that himself. He couldn't have just been like, "I'm gonna put the whammy on Goadriel." Okay, right from a distance. He can't do it. Mm-hmm. She stops him. She, you know, he, he 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 can't do that. But he's gonna. So the rings are his levers, right? But but they're a big deal. Goadriel, Gil Gilgoad—they're big deals, right? So he doesn't have the oomph just to overpower them. Mm-hmm. Remember, as I said, elves and Maiar. Closer close. in power than yep. people think, right? So he's like, okay, what I have to do, I've got to double down on this, right? If I make my ring such a big deal, like if I pour my spirit into it, right? Yep. If I like distill my power into this ring, then that will make this ring sufficiently powerful to enslave all of them.
1: Really? Right.
0: Uh-huh. But the downside is it makes him vulnerable because now the bulk of his power, of his essence, mm-hmm. of his spirit is now bound into this ring. And when that ring is destroyed, it is gone. Mm-hmm. It's destroyed in a way that he could never have been. His, he could
1: never have been destroyed like that. Mm-hmm. That is great, isn't it? Had that's, he not done that. That's fantastic writing, isn't it? That yeah. he could have yeah. been there for the, till the end of time, till the end, and the end waves get back together. But <laughs> right. his, his need for power, he made yes. himself vulnerable. He made himself a material thing
2: mm. that could be destroyed. Yes. That is brilliant. Also, the simplicity, which we always yeah. know through, through life and through, through any aspect of life, including art, is it tends to happen that your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. That's the yeah. vulnerable point. Yes. Because you've said, this is how I'm strong. So everyone looks at that and thinks, well, if that's your strongest point, maybe we can utilize that against you, which is exactly what happens to Sauron. And it's great that Sauron makes it
1: a a, a ring as well, isn't it? The Tolkien makes it a ring. Mm. It's not like something amazing and big and, you know, it's a ring. It's brilliant. Tom, it's hard to imagine, but spring is almost here. Mm-hmm. We are so close to feeling that soft grass under our feet. Oh. But first, we need to get our lawn back. Thankfully, Sunday
2: gets your lawn growing and helps to keep it healthy all season long. Mm-hmm. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. Tom, I love setting it up on a the computer. They've got a great system
1: for getting the right stuff for your lawn. Mm. It arrived beautifully, easy to use. I sprayed it all over my grass. It's looking fantastic. I can't wait to see your garden. Their custom plans, which I have done, Dom, include fertilizer and everything you need to easily care for your lawn. And with ingredients like seaweed, iron,
2: and molasses. You can feel good with kids and pets being all around. Mm. All you have to do is visit GetSunday.com, put in your address, and their lawn analysis tool does the rest. Then use soil and climate data to create a personal nutrient plan, delivered to your door when you need it. Just attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. It takes less than 15 minutes. And setting it up is actually fun. And best of all, Dom, this stuff really works. Mm. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off Full season plans start at just $129 and you can get 20% off at checkout when you visit GetSunday.com slash Onion20.
1: That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com
2: slash Onion20. Hey, Billy. What? Two out of three men will experience some sort of hair loss by the time they're 35. That is a startling statistic. It really is. Two out of three. Hmm? Well, I tell
1: you what, Dom we better thank our lucky stars for Keeps. Keeps has everything for your hair needs. Delivered straight to your door with discreet
2: packaging and proven results. Mm-hmm. It's low cost as well. Treatments start at just $10 per month and Keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. When it comes to your hair, I like to say save more, spend less. Oh, well, that's good. that. good, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Two out of three men, that's a lot. Yeah. So if you don't like what's happening with your hair, if it's heading backwards, mine is a little bit. Mine
2: too. Then keeps is the way to go. Yeah, I think that I'll get to a point where if I'm looking at myself in the mirror yeah, and I think it's a bit embarrassing now, Yeah, the first word that I'll think in my head is keeps. And remember... Prevention
1: is key. Treatment can take 46 months, Dom, before you see results, so
2: act fast. Mm, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to com slash onion to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's com slash onion to get your first month free. com slash onion! Well, Corey, we could talk to you forever and we probably will talk to you for a little bit longer. We do do a section called Billy and Dom Eat the World where we're going to have have some sort of eating or drinking experience. We can continue to chat talking to you. Sure. I think we need to move to our all expenses spared uh, Billy and Dom Eat the World set and uh, (laughs) we'll reconvene in 10 seconds or so. Billy and Dom Eat the World. Well, you join us here in the all-expenses-spared stage for Billy and Dom Eat the World. We're still here with Cory Olsen, who has recommended this week that we drink, I guess, maple syrup. And why Ooh, is that, Dom? Why do we have maple syrup
1: when Corey is here with
2: us? Well... I was under the impression that maple syrup was a Canadian thing, but no, this is New Hampshire maple syrup. Because that's where Corey is from,
1: and there's nothing he doesn't... If there's something he knows more about than Tolkien, it's (laughs) maple syrup.
2: Yes. Like all people from New Hampshire. We've got maple syrup two different ways here. We've got a maple syrup milkshake. Fantastic. Which
1: apparently is a very New Hampshire thing.
2: And then we're just going to go raw maple syrup. Should we try one before we start tucking into it? Yeah, if you don't,
1: I, I, I'm sorry, Corey, but you, I don't think you have a milkshake there. Chin, chin. I don't, I don't have it. I don't have it now. There you go. Chin, chin,
2: chin. Let's give this a go. This is
1: probably what um, James Bond would have drunk before he started high school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: Ready?
1: Sure. Here we go.
2: Dear God, that's good. Well, that is an absolute delight. I'm going to finish that right now
1: because John, John, our producer, made that. And to be honest, Corey, John is normally rubbish at making anything. He's an absolute <laughs> disgrace.
2: But mm, well, that was fantastic. <laughs> mm. I've drank all this. Johnny, you've
1: about done yourself there. I, I wonder if that's the maple syrup that makes that so delicious.
2: Yeah, or a combination of all of those flavours in there, but. um... Corey why don't you tell us about maple syrup and how much of an influence it is in New Hampshire? Do you see it everywhere? You do you do it's it's one of
0: those things of course all the uh, anywhere where tourists are likely to be they're always selling maple syrup and stuff but it is actually a local thing too We have a we have a local uh, sugar house in the next town over that we get our syrup from, you know, made from local Sweet. trees and stuff. I have neighbors on my road that tap their own trees and everything. We don't tap our trees on my property because I'm too lazy. But uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely a thing around here.
1: Oh, they actually do that, do they, with their own trees? Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. They do. Because yeah. it, it goes back, Don, to New Hampshire's earliest colonists. And night. they learned how to collect and boil down the sap of the sugar maple tree to make this syrup And they learnt that from the Native Americans.
2: Right, because I'm sure very quickly it was understood that if you hit the maple tree with any element of force, it will exude a sap. And that sap is not only edible, but also quite sweet. I could tell you something, Dom. Putting
1: some of this on a spoon, go on. In 1722, New Hampshire's Lieutenant Governor, John Wentworth, sent a small box of maple sugar to a British nobleman, Wentworth wrote that he hoped to make this a very useful and profitable business.
2: Wow, but we don't know what happened
1: after that. I could tell you if you want. Although the maple su- sugar did not take off in Britain, colonists used it to sweeten their food as an economic currency, exchanging it with neighbours for other items. Maple syrup was the primary sweetener in the northeastern United States until the 1880s, at which time New Hampshire produced more than 345,000
2: gallons for sale every year. My goodness. Here, try it just on a spoon. Raw dog, as it were, because this is quite intense. Somebody told
1: me once that maple syrup is actually more expensive than gold by weight, I suppose.
2: Yeah, that person's an idiot. Sweet that isn't it,
1: but it's delicious. Isn't oh, it? it's
2: delicious and it's nutritious. I do love it. I do. Corey, have you, you've have got, you got any there? Got Corey, have yourself? you got any? I do. I what do. Yeah. What
1: kind have you got? Yeah.
2: Uh, the same. I got the same
1: one. Fantastic. Fuller's.
2: I originally Very thought that, that said Fuller's slaughterhouse, oh. but it doesn't. It says Fuller's sugarhouse. <laughs> no, that's no, no, more sugarhouse. I can't. Quite you have to yes. do yourself here. I'm going to read about Fuller's specifically says here, Fuller's Sugar House is a family-owned, operated small business located in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Are you close to Lancaster, or were you, Corey? Not at all. That's way up in the North Country.
1: <laughs> all right, good. That's, yeah.
0: It's uh, it's 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 just a little bit south of Canada is where Lancaster is. It's okay. way up. Okay,
2: okay. So it says here that um, Lancaster is a scenic town in the North White Mountains of New Hampshire. It is surrounded by the presidential range of mountains, In all its rugged beauty and part Mm. of what makes the syrup so rich Mm. is that rugged, natural environment that we find those trees in. Each spring, they tap 26,000 trees to produce over 11,000 gallons of pure New Hampshire maple syrup. And it's absolutely delicious. It is, actually. There's
1: three grades to uh, maple syrup, Dom. Right. And as uh, Corey just told us, the strange thing is, they're all grade A.
2: That's strange, isn't
1: it? <laughs> That's right.
0: So the, they, they used to be grade A, grade B, and grade C. But the problem is, everybody used to think that that meant that grade C syrup sucked. Yeah. And they were like, I don't want grade C. I don't want that grade C crap. I want grade A syrup. Yeah. When what it was always meant to be, was it wasn't about quality. It's about darkness. Ah. So ah. grade A, like the old grade A, the, the what they now call, I think, grade A golden um is the one that has that is is lightest in color right and then they get darker in color and so basically what it is is they're all equally sweet but the darker ones have more of that maple taste like right. more of the, the you know the, the 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 taste that is that that distinguishing maple syrup flavor so if you if you like that maple taste you want the darker stuff that has more of that whereas the golden kind is more sugary and less
2: mapley we've got you- we've got the amber kind Amber. Amber. What's your favorite? That's the middle one. Middle one. Golden's
1: the light one.
2: The middle way. And then dark is
1: the dark one. What's your favorite color? Dark is the
2: long. The
1: amber, actually. The middle one is my favorite. That's what what we've
2: got. Much much like uh, Buddha. The middle way. The middle way.
1: What's your favourite?
2: Well, I've not got all three of them here. I've only got this one here. But have you
1: ever... um... I've had the dark one. I think I quite like the dark, intense... I I like it lighter, I think. I I think I like the light one. Right,
2: okay. Well, that's great. We've covered all bases here, haven't we? Corey,
1: do you ever use it for normal sweetening? I mean, like, not on a pancake or somewhere you would normally put maple syrup, but would you use it, like, for a cup of tea or something? Maple tea? Not usually for a cup of tea. Again, it's like a flavor issue then, right?
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if I were having just like a straight black tea, like Mm -hmm. an English breakfast tea or something like that, you might put in some maple, then you're having like maple tea. And that's really interesting. But when you're having, if you're having a flavored tea or even, even something like Earl Grey, like I don't think Earl Grey and... Maple yeah. flavor would no. necessarily go really well together. You know, so I usually don't do it there, but we 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 do often cook with it. you know we'll 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 put in, you know we'll bake with it and things like that. And um one of the things that I like to do best with it uh, to cook um is baste to 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 make a roast chicken Ooh. and you baste it with maple syrup the whole time that it's cooking. so like you you just you just baste maple syrup pure maple syrup on it yeah.
2: every like twenty minutes while the chicken is cooking, and oh man, it's amazing, so that works, I think. I might enjoy this on a woman. Eh? <laughs> just lightly spread on some part of a woman. Would you? I mean, I've not done it yet, but I just the the the, the feel of it, the the viscosity, the uh, the whole vibe of it. When I tasted it, I thought, "Gosh, that'd be good on a woman." But don't you feel like it'd be a bit sticky? Sometimes sticky is good. Anyway. <clears throat> Uh, we'll go on with the uh, the whole technique here of how uh, maple syrup uh, is created. Uh, Fuller Sugar House says that they tap the maple trees in three sugar bushes or maple groves in the Lancaster area. Sap from the tree is collected in a plastic tubing system. They have 18,000 taps that run directly into the sugar house in Jefferson where it is boiled to golden smooth syrup. From there, drums of syrup are transported to the Lancaster facility to be packaged in bottles and jugs and used to make maple candy, cream, sugar—all of the Fuller's Sugars pure maple products are sold online in the country store and distributed to retail locals at uh, locations nationwide. Wow, that's a bit of an advertisement there for them, isn't it?
1: Uh, well, uh, it isn't is, it's good. It's good maple syrup. I like it. It's really nice, and it's a, it's the fourth generation that these people have been making it. So I like that. Yeah, I like we like I the family, like family vibe. Things. I like family businesses. Yeah. Rather than when it all gets taken over.
2: I've had maple syrup out of a, out of a can. You know, like a almost like seems to be like a can of beans that you can open and close. That felt very old-fashioned and kind of cool at the same yeah, time. I like that.
1: I tell you one way that Americans have um maple syrup that I ca- I can't do it is french toast. When I was growing up French toast is a savoury meal. We have French toast with salt and pepper and the sort of that with maple
2: syrup, oh no. See, don't. I like I like the sugary, salty thing, that combo.
1: You put it on your... If you were making French toast, you would put maple syrup on it.
2: Yeah, and there's a relatively famous restaurant here, Corey, called uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Do you know that place? Fried chicken and waffles. And they pour maple syrup all over the chicken and waffles. No. Well. Yep. I don't like this. Hey, while we're talking about
1: food and all that, I've got a question here from a a listener, and I've not got their name. (sighs) But maybe you could answer this for us, Corey. Are orcs at any time cannibals?
0: Yes. Oh. Yes. They would eat. They would eat any kind of meat. Um, that's why, like in, in the in the books, when Merry and Pippin are captured, right, and being carried across by the orcs, of course, as you will remember very well, um, yeah. one of the scenes in the evening when they when the orcs one of the few times the orcs stop and camp, they throw to Merry and Pippin uh, meat and bread, like dried meat and bread, and Merry and Pippin won't even touch the meat, yeah, because uh, the, Tolkien's uh, Tolkien's phrase is the meat of they dared not guess what creature Mm. um it's pretty clear that orcs will eat any meat of any kind so even Um, other so i would i i cannot imagine them not doing that we're not i don't remember any specific references to it in tolkien's works but i can see no reason to think they would not
1: on that note shall we give maple syrup some scores let's give it some scores we score these things, uh, Corey, I don't know if you've ever listened, but there is three three, three things we mark on. Taste, aesthetics, how it looks, and how useful is it? Usefulness. Usefulness. Do
2: you want to start, Dom, with taste? Taste and or flavour. It's a fantastic taste, it's a fantastic flavour, same thing. Um, sweet. Sweet. Oh well, the whole idea of it is uh, sweet. I described the whole thing is sweet, but with a with a nice kind of uh, complexity to the sweetness because of that um, maple thing. On its own, it's a bit hardcore. It's a bit too sweet. In that milkshake, it was fantastic. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten.
1: Nine out of ten
2: for I loved the it.
1: Taste. I loved it. I I like it and I enjoy maple syrup, and that was a good one. But. It's not like one of my favorite flavors. All right. So I'm only going to give it six and a half out of 10.
2: Okay. Corey, how do you feel about maple syrup?
0: I give maple syrup about an eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. I love sweet things, so it rates high. But I agree, like Billy, it's not my very fa- The maple flavor is yeah. not my very favorite flavor in the world. Um, so it's not like one of my very, very favorite foods. But
1: I would, I, I would, I would go eight out of 10. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals?
2: It has been a tough few years. It has, done With COVID uh, happening and lots of people isolating and lots of people not being close to their friends mm-hmm. and family. So maybe in the last few years or so, you would think that therapy could be a helpful thing to uh, have a look at. Sometimes it's nice just to speak to someone, isn't it? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online and you can start communicating in under 48 hours.
1: There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, so you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist Visit BetterHelp.com slash Onion, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of their
2: experienced professional. Special offer for the Friendship Onion listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Onion. Need to supercharge your hiring plan? You need a super hiring partner. That's Indeed. That's right, Tom. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because
1: Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements
2: or else... You don't pay. Fantastic. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites and hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. Instant Match. With instant match, as soon as you
1: sponsor a post, you will get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job descriptions. And you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements.
2: Yeah, it can be a little overwhelming mm-hmm. to think about how you're going to hire someone and, and how many different tools you need to figure out. And the great thing about Indeed is it's all under one roof and it simplifies the whole thing. Indeed makes it easy.
1: Start hiring right now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash onion. Offer valid through March 31st.
2: Go to indeed.com slash onion to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash onion. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. Now, aesthetics. I'm going to pour a little bit on a spoon because the uh, the aesthetics of this... It's quite lovely, quite rich. I think it looks nicer than it tastes, possibly for Billy. You
1: know, as as you talk about that, Dom, for people who are watching on deep um, brown on YouTube, I'll let them see what that looks like, Dom. Look, yeah, well, look at Come that!
2: Come on, look at that! Whoa! Like a runny honey. Right, what do you what do you think, Dom? Aesthetics. It's lovely. It's a lovely look. It's very welcoming. It's very warming. It's very mm. inviting. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Mm. I, yeah I'll agree that it looks great in this specific one I like the little
1: jugginess of it I like I like jugs, what Fuller's do has done there and I'll I'll have to give it a 9 out of 10 wow. for how it looks over to you Corey in New Hampshire I
0: would give it. Uh, I would also give it a nine out of ten. I love it. the look of maple syrup. Yeah, the color. It's it's like the perfect viscosity. It's not too runny, um, but it's not really slow. And yet, it's like graceful as it like oozes across your plate when you pour mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. Right. It's fun to pour. And and I agree. This this jug is classic. It's classic yeah. maple syrup jug style right here. So yeah, Feels
1: Absolutely. A
2: like that. Yeah, lovely little handle as well. That's lovely. Yeah. Now, usefulness. We've we've talked about the fact that I, I agree with you, Corey. I don't think it really works in tea because it's a bit of an overwhelming flavour. But we do yes. know that maple syrup is fantastic classically in sweet stuff, but also in some savoury stuff too. Well, you know? as Corey's just
1: told us, if you uh, roast a chicken with it, mm. it's delicious. So, right. I mean, if you can stick it on a chicken... You said you can go to that restaurant. And they'll pour it on everything.
2: Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. You can make cakes with it. Yeah. You can make pies. Great with bacon. I don't eat bacon, but maple bacon combination is supposed to be oh my fantastic, goodness, yes. right?
1: There you go. Oh, yes. You can have a milkshake. I mean, it's useful. It's pretty It's pretty versatile. If you want to sweeten something, this is the way to go. Yeah. And also gives it that nice flavor. Dom, I'm going to give it a high, high point. 8. Wow. Out of 10 for being useful because I think it's
2: very useful. Okay. I'll give it an 8.1 because it is indeed useful but that overwhelming flavor of maple sometimes limits it in a few places. Correct. And I would I would say nine because, again,
0: anything that can that can uh, cover both the sweet and the savory. I mean, it's hard to beat something that can that can that can fit into both of those categories. But I agree. The
2: strong maple flavor, certainly not for everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd go. I'd I'd go nine. Lovely stuff. While we're here, a, qu- a tiny little Tolkien question that maybe we can just answer very quickly that came in from uh, someone online. Again, no name. But That's all right. That's all right. They said, "What happened to the blue wizards? Are they just rude wizards? Is that what that is?"
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, they they uh, they they went off east, and actually, Tolkien changed his mind about this a couple times. Um, his initial thought was that the blue wizards they went out east, like their job was to try to uh, oppose Sauron out to the east of Mordor, because it's quite a lot of continent out there right you know so there's a lot of people who live out to the east of Mordor and that's where most of Sauron's armies were coming from Uh so their 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 goal was to basically uh help to free the eastern you know the people of the east from Sauron's control and therefore also weaken Sauron by taking away his allies right so it's kind of a win-win situation had they succeeded Tolkien's initial idea was that they just totally failed Um, And that, in fact, they kind of went the more Saruman route and kind of set up for themselves and became like cult leaders over in the East. But later on in his life, near the end of his life, he seems to have been having a change of heart about the Blue Wizards and seemed to be... uh, It's hard because he didn't write much about this, but there are a few references to them which suggest that he was thinking maybe actually they didn't do so badly. Or maybe they, you know, like they, they obviously, they didn't like change everything, but maybe things would have been much worse if they hadn't been doing what they were doing. So, um, but he never really filled out that story. And I think the story of like the blue wizards out east or down south in Harad would be a really, really cool story. Mm. Um, Let's write it, of you know, He kind of set that up,
1: but. You'd be a great blue wizard. <laughs> Just rude, just telling dirty jokes all no, the time. No, it's a different kind of mother-in-law blue. jokes. No, it's a stuff. different kind of blue. Okay, all right. I, I think you're right because no one's ever really, as far as I know. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And someone with your knowledge, yeah.
0: you should do that. It would be. It would it would be a fun, it would be a fun story to write i think it would be and it would be really neat to explore more out east and south too there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stories there a lot of uh a lot of different cultures and it would be fun
2: corey we should ask you this question cuz we've been asking a lot of people and they've been telling us in in episodes recently we had figured out that the lord of the rings trilogy of movies uh, ended up being a um PG thirteen in the United States, which meant that you can have one singular swear word in either one of those movies. Is there any particular place in the trilogy where you thought, man, that would be a great place to put a swear word? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well, certainly the way that the the way that the uh, the way that it ended up being shot, that moment when Gandalf in the film is rallying uh, the men of Gondor inside the gate. And then Grand bursts the gates and the armored trolls come rushing in and we get that shot of Ian McKellen's face mm. like looking at the armored trolls when he's like, no matter what comes through that door, <laughs> we will stand better. And then the trolls come in and he he does that face like, that would have been a moment yeah. where I think, you know, F- an expletive yeah. might have been appropriate. Yes. Yeah, so uh, oh, you
1: know. Corey, we could, we could go on all day. We have... Ton, Our listeners have sent you many, many questions. We'll need to get you back on, if you yeah. don't mind. Um, sure, at, it'd be great. But at this point, we just want to say thank you very much. It's been such an interesting chat. Even without the listeners' questions, I've got about 100 questions for you, but um, <laughs> I think we've run out of time. But not before we get funky.
2: Yes, we ask our guests each week, to uh, suggest a song that they think is funky, and then we we try and work out if we think it's funky too. So you've, you've given us a song suggesting, Corey, right? I have. I have, yes. Now, what song have you given us, Corey?
0: Lock It Up by Eminem off his Music To Be Murdered By album. Tip my knife off, but your throat is slick. Cause I'm cutthroat to the utmost with it, the ultimate. I just let the poker chips fall where they were supposed to fit. Now those days are over. Scraper changing sofas, trying to save it, Kroger So why would I give a f about that? Have been trader Jopher. How about that? I'm paid as over Think I may have broke
2: the scale cause the wait is over. wait, wait, wait. We listened to a lot of Eminem during the principal photography, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we listened to a lot of music. It took cool. us, as, yeah. as I'm sure you know, it took us three hours every morning to get ready to be to be Hobbits. <laughs> and we listened to a lot of music and Eminem was huge.
2: Yeah, the first album had come out when I was in France. and I brought that album to the guys, the Slim Shady LP. And then whilst we were filming that album, the Marshall Mathers LP came out to Absolute. Yes. bangers, as they say. Uh, but how, how come yes. Eminem such a big, important artist for you, Corey?
0: I, I ha- have amazing respect for his poetic ability. Um, I'm an English professor. I, I, I do poetry. That's one, I, I love to analyze poetry. Um, what Eminem does with the English language is like something I've never seen in the history of English poetics. Um, he does the way that he can do this amazing density of multisyllabic rhyme. Multi-syllable rhyme is hard to do. When you'd like rhyme three full syllables or four syllables, mm-hmm. um, uh, in English, it's really hard. It's easier to do in some other languages, but in English, it's really, really hard to do. And the clip that I suggested for you guys from Lock It Up, he does three-syllable r- r- rhymes four times, or sorry, 10 times in 13 seconds. Ooh, wow. And not only that, but the way that he does the structure of those, like when you, when you actually, um, kind of map it out, uh, by the beats, uh, the way that it works, every single, like he, he, he does it on, on beat three, like the, the three syllable rhyme comes in on beat three of every measure in that entire sequence. Wow. It's just like the, the, the intensity of structure. He is doing things that, like, uh, again, like in- English, poets have never been able to do Mm -hmm. Um, with complexity of wordplay and the richness of sound. He is such an amazing artist with the sound of words. And it just blows me away. I I'm a huge fan of hip hop in general. Um, I mean, I I think it's one of, I not one of, I think it is the greatest um, linguistic art form, like the greatest poetic art form of the, you know, of the last 200 years, 300 years. Um, It is just an amazing amazing just as a pure literary feat um it has its own rules like you can't you know a lot of people don't think about it about, about you know rap is poetry um because it works by a totally different set of rules than traditional poetry yeah um but when you when you begin to kind of see how it works um really wonderful rap artists and, uh, and of course there are uh, you know there are there are many others as well, as well who have uh, written just brilliant brilliant stuff, um, but Eminem is just on another level. And I know a lot of people like his early stuff and don't like his later stuff much, but I'm telling you his his recent albums, like his you know he doesn't have the same spirit right that he had back sure. in the back in the day. You know he can't recapture the magic mm-hmm. of the Marshall Mathers uh, LP, but his pure like. Literary skill, you know, his pure verbal ability has just grown and grown and grown as he's aged. And what he's doing now is just mind-boggling stuff. I mean, he'll go on for twenty-five seconds in which ninety percent of the syllables are rhyming. Mm-hmm. I,
2: it's it's like yeah. it's like you can't do that in English. Like I have no idea how he does it. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He's much more of an accomplished artist as he's matured I think in those first two albums Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers he's obviously not sober at that point and I think the rawness right. and the ruggedness and the edginess of those first two albums are hard to hard to replicate but in terms of his discipline yes. uh ability yes. to rap I think has got better and better as, as he's aged
1: William well, yeah, when I, when I saw, Corey, that you were coming on and, and they suggested that we we'd listen to this and, and it told us that you were a, a big fan and more than that said that you did a whole conference presentation on that song, Nice, which is incredible. Yeah. But yeah. At, at first yeah. I was like, wow, that's, that's such a weird combination of a Tolkien expert, Eminem. But actually when you break it down and the way you were talking there, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, Tolkien was known well, yeah. for his linguistics and love of language. And then Eminem, what he's doing, when people take away, straight away people will put up a wall of, oh, no, 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 that's, right. um, you know. Rude he's rude. rude, he talks about it. Right. But actually, as you're saying, the the art form is unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it actually, you know, one kind of indirect Tolkien connection. Um, As you probably know, Tolkien loved uh, Old English, uh, you know, from Anglo-Saxon times. Um, The Rohirrim are modeled after, you know, the Anglo-Saxons, you know, of the early Middle Ages. And he loved alliterative verse, like the way that they did their poetry was through alliteration. And it wasn't wasn't based on number of syllables. Like there were certain beats Uh in the poetry and they would use alliteration on those beats. Well, the very first time, so I'd been, I'd been reading a lot of Anglo-Saxon. I, I was a medievalist. And and so I'd been, I'd been yeah. studying a lot of Anglo-Saxon poetry when eight mile came out. And uh, I, I was watching eight mile and listening to lose yourself, you know, during the credits of, uh, of, of eight mile was really, the, I mean, I hadn't listened to much rap. So it was the first time I was like sitting and listening through a whole rap song in many, many years. And I was listening to it and all of a sudden it just jumped out at me because I could hear it when I was listening to Eminem do that song. It The structure is very, very similar to the Anglo-Saxon poetic structure, the old English poetic structure, except he uses rhyme instead of alliteration right. so where the where the old english people were using consonants he's using vowels you know mm-hmm. he's focusing on the vowels and using uh and he's but like the way that i could hear the beats of the music interacting and he, hear him not only using the beats and rhyming on the beat but playing with that mm-hmm. yeah. and developing this like um, intensely interwoven structure of rhyming patterns interweaving with those beats i was like whoa this is a Totally different art form, but again, but it was kind of familiar. I was like, you know, that I think that like the Beowulf author would be into this,
2: right? right. Um, yeah,
0: but it's very different from what's been done in poetry in the last thousand years, right? So, uh, so in, in 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 a lot of ways, it wasn't studying Tolkien itself, but studying some of the things that Tolkien studied was one of the things that kind of opened my eyes and kind of blew my mind uh, about rap in general and Eminem in particular.
2: Yeah, he's extraordinary. I mean, certainly in the conversation for the greatest MC of all time. Marshall, yeah. Marshall, Mathers has to be in that conversation. I mean, uh, like you said, Corey, you're all, you're always going to miss someone out. I've always thought kind of the the work of Nas and the and the, the lyricism of Nas is really incredible. Rakim is amazing. Yes, Nas is obviously kind of early yeah. Jay Z stuff is 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 pretty incredible. And there's you know a yep. lot a lot of the guys from Wu Tang Clan are, are extraordinary. But I think oh yeah, I love Wu Tang. I think all of those guys and Eminem as well would all. Mm -hmm. kind of throw a group of maybe eight to ten lyricists into the conversation as best MC ever. But certainly Eminem's in there. I mean, in terms of, you know, units sold and success, he's probably in a completely different league of his own. But also in terms of Mm -hmm. what he contributed into the art form, he's he's
1: extraordinary. Yes, And another thing that he does, which is incredible, I think, is... As well as all the the wordplay that he's doing, which, as you say, is amazing, mm. Corey. He then makes his voice an instrument within, you know, hip hop. Obviously, the beat is so important, and he's part of the beat yes. using the words, mm.
2: oh, which yeah.
1: I don't think I've oh, seen yeah. anyone else master that. Like he's he's playing percussion. With the, with the words yes. that he it's yes it's, it's yeah I I totally oh, agree the incredible. interplay between his own rhythms and the beat yeah uh,
0: you know that that is established it's so they're and they're really it's not just that he does a cool thing yeah. every now and again like there are cool patterns yeah that he does like but then he then adds he on to into the whole thing yeah, yes like, exactly yeah. oh it's incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: The more it's you incredible. talk about it... Oh, incredible. he's incredible. Yeah. Well,
2: let's score him on a level of funk. So we, we rate this from a level of Brahms, no funk, to uh, Purple Prince, incredibly funky, <laughs> uh, and everything in between. I'm going to I'm gonna give that a... Well, I'm actually going to use Eminem himself. I'm going to give that a uh, real Slim Shady Eminem uh, level of funk, which, oh, is, which is pretty funky.
1: That's pretty funky. I will give it... Um, And Adam and the Ants, Ant Rap. Well, that's pretty funky (laughs) too. That's pretty funky. Wow. (laughs) Would you like to score him, Corey? Uh, uh, Well, I mean, he, he is... His
0: own category of funk to me. I mean, like again, whether I'm thinking in terms of musical artists or again, even just like, I he's doing things with English nobody's done since Shakespeare. He's the funk artist. Uh, so I think Shakespeare could have done it. Okay, oh, yeah. Shakespeare had had this, you know. Yeah. He does. Um, but I don't know very many others who could have. So, so yeah, in my uh, uh, in my vote, he would be definitely. Um, uh, I think, um, yeah. I would definitely, I would definitely put him as the goat of funk, the highest oh level his of highest funk. Highest level so that, that, that would mean. I think the highest, highest level. level of
2: funk that we've established is Prince at his most funky. So you're saying he's a Prince at his most funky level of funk. But even I, more I would, so I on would, his own my, my, level, myself with wow. a with a side a, order of Shakespeare. Wow, that's incredibly funky. Yeah. Well, Corey, as Billy said a few times, we could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. This is probably going to end up being a double episode because of the amount of stuff that we've covered. But, Corey, we would be remiss if we didn't say we would love to have you on because we've had tons of requests from our listeners and our viewers and our wonderful people who watch the podcast saying, please, 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 can you bring on a real Tolkien expert? Because we pretend to be Tolkien experts, but we're we're really not. So the (laughs) fact that you were able to answer some of these questions for us are great. Oh, oh, I had one question myself. So when we went on the Stephen Colbert show, Billy and I... Desperately tried to stomp Stephen Colbert. My question <laughs> did not stomp Stephen Colbert. He kind of just laughed at me. But Billy was able to stomp him with a question about Ents. So I don't know if you saw that episode of Colbert. He was not happy, Mr. Stephen Colbert, with the fact that he, he was hasn't stumped.
1: spoken to me since. No, he's, he's very happy. And I'm a big fan of Stephen Colbert <laughs> as well. He's <laughs> very happy.
2: I had a, I had a, well, we both had a question waiting in the wings, didn't we? Which you didn't need to get to, and I didn't. Would you mind, Corey, if I tried to stomp you sure. with a question? Sure. Okay. No problem. I think this one will stump you, actually. It's a tough one, but we'll see. Okay. Well, yeah, but he's, he's read the books. How many times do you think he read the books? 50 times. But I don't. Is this in the books? I think it's in Tolkien lore. So there's a it's little in, part of me that thinks you've made this up. No, no. This is definitely like in, <laughs> in one of the books, but it might not be, you know, I don't think it's in Lord of the Rings, but maybe it's in the Unfinished Tales or the Silmarillion. Here we go, Corey. There are six pubs or inns in the Shire.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Could you name those six? I think so.
0: Let's do it. Um, I think there. I think there are six named pubs in Tolkien. There's, of course, the Green Dragon, naturally, and the Ivy Bush, lovely both, stuff. Both there in Hobbiton and Bywater, yeah. right? There's the Golden Perch, you got it, which Pippin quite wants to stop at, but uh, Frodo <laughs> won't let him. Fifty 50- <laughs> percent. I do like a pint. Um, there's the floating log. Floating log indeed. Nice. Right, there's the floating log, uh, which uh, they never go to, yeah. but we hear about it, except we hear that it's closed. It's been shut down. at Yeah, the, there, uh, was, a, the there was a fire the there. there in the Shire. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then, of course, there's the Prancing Pony, Prancing which is, Pony. Uh, I, I, that's not in Bree, right? But or, that's not in the Shire, that's in Bree, but it's also- it's Slightly the, out, yeah, yeah. The, we'll give the, you half a
2: point for that one, go on. No, the hard one,
0: the hard one is the Forsaken Inn. Which is only mentioned once as like a milestone on the way, where Sh- uh, Strider says the road to the road past Brie has never been measured beyond the Forsaken Inn. Wow! So it's like a milestone, but
2: that's it. So those are the six named inns. That's uh, the six
1: cool. named inns on Lord the Rick. That is named, named
2: Amazing. I've actually got. I've, I've got a couple. I've got a couple more that may, maybe they're not quite in the shy, Maybe they're on the outskirts. of then maybe you can clarify this for us. I don't think we mentioned the bridge pub. Do we know where the bridge is? Yeah, the bridge. The bridge in.
0: Is that in the shire? Yeah, yeah the bridge in. That's another one that, that. Yeah, you're right. That's another one that was mentioned. That was. Uh, that was. That was closed down. Brilliant. uh By Sharky's men.
2: Brilliant. The yeah. Yeah. And then one yeah. more um, is in, in in my mind at least. I could have made this up. Was the All Welcome Inn? I don't remember that one from the books.
1: <laughs> maybe I, I maybe I maybe, I'm, maybe I dreamt that one.
2: <laughs> but that's the kind of
1: facts that you can get. On the Tolkien Professor podcast, yes, which, <laughs> that's right. I tell you what, right. Corey, I found so interesting. It was brilliant, and uh, you guys are so much God. fun. How you put it across, and you can tell your passion. And uh, I, 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 I went through quite a few different ones and different styles. The one working out the movie, talking about other things in Tolkien, and it's all brilliant. So, any of our listeners who who are looking for a Tolkien um podcast, please listen to the Tolkien Professor and yeah. and your university the, as well, which sounds wonderful. Yeah.
2: We've loved having yeah, the, you
1: on, the best Corey. Thing,
0: the- Great. I was going to say the best thing if folks want to want to listen, the best place to go is the Signum University YouTube page. Uh-huh. All of my talking content is on different playlists there. So if you want to, you know, hear the discussion of a particular book, or yeah. you know, you want to follow exploring the Lord of the Rings or film, film, all of that stuff is on there in different playlists. So people can easily kind of pick through and find what they want to do. So yeah. Signum University YouTube page is a
1: good place to go for for that content. Signum University. Go, everyone, check it go out. Go
2: check out Signum University. We love having people on. A show that are passionate clearly you're so passionate about what you do Corey we'd love to have you back we've ran out of time um, but it's been f- fantastic having you and uh, thank you so much thank you very much Corey no problem happy to come back anytime
1: thanks for having me See, we Corey. loved it thank you bye bye right. well Tom what do you think of that I have to tell you I'm exhausted I'm exhausted he, he knows a lot about Tolkien
2: yeah and I does. love that I love that passion we love having guests on the show that are passionate about anything, especially if it's something that might be quite a niche subject that people think, oh, that's a strange thing to, passion- to be passionate about. Tell us. Come on, tell us come about on. what you're passionate about. Corey's on the was podcast.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And please check out his podcast and everything uh, to do with him, the Tolkien Professor. Wonderful stuff.
2: We've run out of time, unfortunately. But of course, guys, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. It allows us to keep making the show. Um, you can get in touch with us at the friendship onion at castmedia.com. That's cast with a K. You can send us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash the friendship onion. Remember, we have a YouTube channel if you'd rather watch our lovely faces move around instead of just hearing us. And we have a Spotify playlist that we continue to add songs too so we'll have that Eminem song up there hopefully as long as we can get hold of it yeah and subscribe to that as well yeah and let us know what you want to see or hear on the show and we'll do it damn it I'll see you next week toodles bye everybody in your crew identifies as
0: either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or Mc Crispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish
2: Sandwich all day